The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Hoop Ball Celtics podcast. I am your host, Patrick Lounsbury, here with my co-host, Lucas Gaynor, after a huge Boston Celtics win after back-to-back games on the road against the Miami Heat, who are 6-1 going tonight's game. Boston wins 95-78. to Man, Lucas, Aaron Threesmith went off. He got some playing time tonight, and I'm excited. I'm hyped. How are you feeling? Listen, I got to be honest. I did not really see the Celtics winning this game on the second night of a back-to-back against the NBA, one of the NBA's best teams. Uh, But here we are. Not only did we win, uh, we dominated uh, in a game where Jason Tatum did not particularly shoot well, and I think I'm doing him uh, a favor by how I'm saying that. But no, man, it it feels great. And, you know, I'm happy you got your wish, along with, you know, 90% of other Celtics fans uh, asking for Aaron E. Smith to be in the game, man. He had a a real impact, so I I know you're happy. Oh, I'm ecstatic right now. And uh, actually, I was just scrolling through Twitter and sent you a, a DM. You should take a look at it. I wanted your live reaction to this. But uh, Romeo Langford is rocking the juice beanie oh, at that- his uh, press conference. And I know it's not that cold in Miami right now, but he's still rocking his teammates' gear. It's wonderful. Yeah, that picture that uh, I believe Chris Forsberg took did not do Romeo any favors there. i got to be honest. Maybe take a better picture next time, Chris. But I love the juice beanie. I saw Jalen drop them, man. Uh, you know, maybe I'll order a beanie for the winter because it's cold out here in Chicago, man. I already have a T-shirt, but I'm going to need something to rock during the winter time. So maybe I got to tap in if they're not sold out already. Yeah, absolutely, man. But what a what a big start to this road trip, three game road trip. We had Orlando yesterday. They had Miami tonight. They start out 2-0 and after that big Woj tweet during the halftime point of the Orlando game about them having a players meeting and then them, some players saying that no, it was a scheduled dinner that they or lunch that they had scheduled prior to anything else. Um, you know, all the buzz kind of going on, the Marcus Smart out, you know, talking out to the public. And, and it looked like everything had the opportunity to really just fold. But the Celtics really gathered together and, and put some – pretty impressive basketball on display tonight, especially um, the Orlando game was a little bit more rocky, but, but this game was a statement game. Yeah. So I'll just like to address, you know, I said the other day on Twitter and I said on the pod, what Marcus said was not as bad or as crazy or indicative of, you know, some terrible thing happening as much as, you know, social media made it out to be, uh, you know, because I know how close these guys are. They've played together for years now. So I know these are all conversations that they're having with each other, not just with the press. Um, and then, like you said, Patrick, you know, the halftime players only meeting. Uh, first of all, don't know how that got leaked to Woj mid-game. That's crazy to me. Somehow, you know, that gets out. And then, uh, and then two, you know, it looks like, you know, whatever happened in there riled them up because – uh, the last six quarters since that meeting have been a very positive turn for the Celtics. Yeah, it's been a great, great turn for the Celtics. I don't think that they could have asked for this road trip to start any better. They do have the Ma- um, the Mavericks coming on Saturday. That's going to be a huge game for them as far as finishing it off strong. We did also have Jalen Brown leave with some tightness in the hamstring tonight. It sounded like it was just a cautionary thing. He said he felt some tightness. He wanted to come out of the game and play it safe. 
So he came out of the game. The Celtics were in a good enough position that they didn't need Jalen Brown down the stretch and allowed him to head to the locker room. He's going to be reevaluated. Um, hopefully nothing too long, but it was nice to see um, that team really rallied despite, you know, Jalen only having 17 points and Tatum only having 10. Uh, yeah, you know, I think Al stepped up and played really well. I mean, honestly, a lot of the guys did. Like we already mentioned, Neesmith played really well. Um, Al stepped up to the plate, played well. Um, you know, no Jay Rich tonight. Um, so, you know, somebody had to fill that role. It was obviously Neesmith. But I think Schroeder also played a really good game, you know, passing as well as getting to his and scoring, making a couple of timely threes. Um, so I think it was kind of a collective group effort to make up for the lack of scoring from Jalen and Jason, um, which was really good to see because uh, – I mean, Ime even said after the game, you know, uh, the bench scoring is what saved the uh, saved the Celtics tonight. Or I don't know if he said save, but won them the game. Uh, and our bench outscored Miami's bench 45 to 20. So, you know, if you get 25 extra points from your bench uh, compared to the other team, you know, that's always. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think Celtics were really good on the defensive side of the ball through these two games. They They were really good against Orlando. Um, ended up holding them to 28%, I believe it was from three in that first half against them. Um, overall, just locking up and, and playing good defense. They they got up really big on Orlando. They were up as many as like 21, I believe it was, and, and stayed in control of that. And then it, it was some of the same against Miami. And there was a moment where we were up by 18, 19 points, and Miami made a strong push in the third quarter, got it within eight. And the Celtics responded this time. They they were like, all right, we got punched in the mouth. We gave up most of our lead. Let's go back out there and and build back onto it. They did it really well. They locked up on defense. I think everything ran on the defense side ball. They've been playing some of the best defense they have all year. Um, really impressive display on that end of the ball. And then also, like, on offense, you know, you're seeing the ball move a lot more ever since Marcus Smart's comments. And I'm not saying that, like, I want to be like, oh, Marcus Smart should have done what he did publicly. But, I mean, so far, I mean, actions speak louder than words, but the words led to the action. So, I guess Marcus Smart was onto something, right? Um, yeah, Patrick, you just said a lot of things that I absolutely love to hear. Um, so, I'll start with, you know, the defense over the past two games. Um, so, the past two games, we have held the – Magic and the Heat to uh, 21 and 22% three-point shooting, uh, respectively, the last two games. Um, we've held them to 79 and 78 points, respectively. And then as far as shooting from the field, the Magic shot 32 and the, and the Heat shot 34. So um, that is just amazing to see because, you know, the offense, like you said, it's been having its struggles. But if you can defend at this level, you know, hold teams to this poor shooting, obviously, you know, not every team's going to shoot 20% from three, but if you can play this good defense, hold teams under 100, let alone under 80 points, uh, you'll, you'll have a chance to win pretty much any game. Um, so that is just absolutely great to see. I mean, and then like you said, the ball's been moving since Marcus made those comments, you know, and I absolutely love it. Yeah, and then uh, another thing I wanted to hit on was uh, compared to the Orlando game where I thought Jason Tatum was – he kind of stopped the offense at times, right? It was like four guys passing. As soon as it hit his hands, he went into this ISO thing and, and forced up a bad shot or just a drive with the time, you know, 
going down. So all he had to do was force a layup, regardless of the help that came. He didn't really have an option to pass out because he would run out on the shot clock with his dribbling and stagnate the offense. Um, what I saw more from Jason Tatum in this Miami game was he saw that it wasn't his night shooting again, but instead of continuously shooting or dribbling and stuff, he was really good at passing the ball. He was getting the ball around, whipping it around. I thought he was finding good teammates open, whether it was a hockey assist or just honestly getting the ball moving in general and just not being the guy who holds it up and dribbles there. I thought he did a good job there, but also he was very good on defense tonight, uh, help and on ball, um, especially Jalen Brown. I, I don't want to get too far off the Tatum right now, but Jalen Brown had a moment where he was on Jimmy Butler and literally just clamped him up and got a steal on him. And I was just like, man, Jalen Brown's on-ball defense tonight was absolutely crazy good. But uh, Jason Tatum also, when it's not a good shooting night, this was the game that he was like, all right, I can affect the game in different ways than scoring. Let me go and do that. And that was a big reason for, I think, everybody else having success tonight. And I think that's what was the nail uh, for what Marcus Smart's statement was all about trying to get everybody else going, try to get your team rolling because the team's rolling and you're not rolling. You could still win a lot of games that way. Yeah. Uh, we were talking about it uh, pre-show. You know, I said, Oh, Tatum played a poor game and you made sure to say, well, he shot, he didn't shoot well tonight. He didn't have a good shooting game, which is exactly true. I mean, he, like you're saying, he had a really good game around uh, outside of shooting. And um, you know, the fact that he didn't keep chucking, you know, that's a very positive sign. Uh, same thing goes for Marcus. You know, he wasn't having a great shooting night, limited himself to only six shots. And as we know, man, Marcus is always going to find a way to impact the game positively um, outside of scoring. That's pretty much what he's made a living on. Um, but Patrick, would you like to hear only one Celtic played more than 30 minutes tonight? And that was Marcus Smart, who played 30 minutes and two seconds. Uh, so especially on the second night of a back-to-back, man, you know, to get these players, you know, some lighter minute loads. I know we were worried about, Horford playing a lot of minutes, man. He only had to play 29. Rob Will played 24. So, I mean, that was good to see. I'm honestly – I'll be honest, Patrick. You know, you were maybe – I was maybe a little bit more of the, uh, you know, taking the zen approach. But, you know, I'll be honest. That Bulls game really got me questioning, should I be a little more concerned about this team? Like, you know, and I do think there are legitimate concerns. But these last two games showed me that, you know – not getting too high, not getting too low is 100% the right approach. Because, listen, just because we won these two games handily, I'm not going to start acting like we have no problems. Um, but this definitely was a good step in the right direction to, you know, you know, maybe quell a little fears that were, uh, you know, boiling up inside of me about the team. You know, these, uh, these two games put at least some of those, you know, on the back burner. I won't say to rest, but they at least put them on the back burner. Yeah, absolutely, and, and I think we could both agree that I was far from Zen mode, but I think the, the big driving force for me not being in Zen mode was one big deciding factor, and it was Aaron Neesmith. <laughs> and Aaron Three Smith got some playing time. So, Ime, just like the rest of Celtic Twitter told you, you got a shooter on your bench. Thank you for using it. Because if you notice, Aaron Smith has no... No hesitation in his shot. Literally has the most confidence in the world with his shot now. He is super confident. It looks fluid. He looks good. He plays with a lot of energy. I know there was a couple times where he was a little wild. I get it. That's fine. But I think you can live with a couple wild plays if he's contributing on the offense and he's still pretty solid on defense. I don't see him as a player that 
on defense, you go, let's go pick them out and get a switch and try to abuse that matchup. No, because I'm not trying to bulldoze through a guy who is, is still pretty big. Like he's a very well-built person. Like he's not going to be an easy guy just to bully around or anything. And the guy who ended up getting bullied around a lot tonight on the defensive side was, was Grant Williams when they had the opportunity and Eme kind of took him out of the game. And was like, yeah, we ain't going to do that anymore. Um, but, but I just think Aaron Neesmith, if, you know, he hadn't earned playing time to this point. I think this game at least gives him a look. Like, you have to be like, hey, maybe I was wrong for not giving Aaron Smith some more playing time earlier in the season. This looks like a guy who could actually come in and help him contribute. I'm not even asking for 20-plus minutes for Aaron Smith. I'm asking for, like, 15. Can I get 15 Aaron Smith? you know, playing time? Because he came in tonight, he had eight – eight points over a, a seven-minute stretch, which, you know, was huge. And the Celtics went on that little drought where the Heat ended up coming within eight. And you know what's funny? The two players that come in when they were down to eight points was Al Horford and Aaron e. Smith. So I think Ime woke up a little. I think the light bulb finally clicked in his head and was like, wow, I understand Aaron e. Smith is young, but, like, if I develop this, like by by seasons in, that he could be a guy who can be twenty plus minutes a night and be a guy you can rely on for some consistent off ball offense. And I think Aaron Neesmith played amazing tonight. I wanted to give him a shout out because I've been pushing for him. Everybody knows this. I I had a big old rant about it on our last podcast, and I'm just happy Aaron Neesmith is here, and I hope he's here to stay. Yeah. Uh, before I go into Neesmith, I do want to touch. The thing you mentioned earlier that I didn't get to touch was the lead going down to eight. I was worried. You know, I was texting a couple people saying, you know, my anxiety is ramping up a little bit. Um, you know, I hope we can keep keep this game intact. And like Ime said post game, uh, it's not great that it got down to eight, but what is great is that they boosted it back up to eighteen by the end of the quarter. That really showed me something in the Celtics. This was a different team than who played against the Bulls a few nights ago in the second half. Um, so that was really good to see. And then, yeah, man, I mean, Neesmith, he did exactly what we wanted him to do, man. Flying around on defense, hit three of his five threes, five of eight from the floor. Um, and like you said, you know, he might not be a terrific defender, but he's not an absolute, like, somebody you have to hide or a crazy mismatch. Um, so, you know, it was just good to see him out there again. I mean, or I should say out there at all. Not again. He didn't really have a chance before this, but he played 18 minutes. I think that 15 to 18 minute. You know, role like you're saying, that is where we'll hopefully see him going forward. Um, you know, it just comes uh, as a question of whose minutes does he take? Uh, do you go into Grant's minutes, Romeo's minutes, Jay Rich's minutes? Um, you know, where do those minutes come from? I think that's an important question to be asking as well when we, when we keep crying for, for Neesmith because he does deserve to be out there. But who's going to be the, you know, the sacrificial lamb, so to speak, as far as minutes are concerned? Um but no, I mean, I can see where Ime's head was at, maybe thinking, you know, he was a little out of control because there were a couple possessions where I think it was a fast break, right? You know, Neesmith was a little out of control. Uh, one, de- one defensive possession, he was a little out of control. So I can see where his head is at. Um, but it was very clear watching this game that um, the positives far outweigh the negatives when it comes to putting Aaron Neesmith. Yeah, and, and the thing, too, is uh, he got the most minutes to the season um, to the point in that Orlando game, right? He had two and a half minutes. That was the most he had gotten to that point in the season. And I was watching him in 20 seconds. 
he he did stumble for a second on the first initial drive when he was guarding the guy, but he recovered well, contested the shot, forced a miss, went down the other side, got the ball, open for three, knocks it down, and I'm just like, boom, boom. You got it. You got to start playing this, man. Next thing you know, word comes out this morning. Josh Richardson has um, an issue in his foot. Um, hope he does get better and comes back to the team soon. I do like him in, in the depth and having him available when he is healthy. Um, so I'm not asking for him to be gone. But I do like the fact that since he was out, Aaron Neesmith got the opportunity. And I don't think he he took it for granted, man. He came out and was like, I'm going to – really take advantage of the opportunity I give you. Um, and I think Aaron e. Smith came out and he captured the moment for himself. This was a big moment, a time for him to prove himself. And he goes out there and he even had a quote after today's game. He says, I keep the same schedule every single day. So whether I play, I don't play, I'm ready to play at all times. And that's a mindset that I can appreciate. And so I'm going to be this, sorry, this episode is probably turning into Aaron e. Smith. Uh, or as I'm now, I need to start referring to him as Aaron three Smith is it's a love show for him, man. I, I appreciate him. I've, I've been a very trusting guy in him from last season. I know Lucas can vouch for me on that one. Uh, I just been, I've been on this ship for a while and I've been like, let's be patient with him. And I saw him come together a lot in that second half of last season. And I'm excited because we, we spent a high draft pick on this guy. This guy went 14th overall. Like this isn't like a guy that we got in the second round. That's, you know, we, we spent a good draft capital on him. Right. So let's, let's develop him. Let's, this guy can really contribute. He's a piece that I think is ideal to put around a Jason and Jalen Brown type team. He's a shooter. That's what you want. You want shooters around these guys so that they do pass. And those passes result into something rather than them feeling like they're passing it and they're just missed shots all the time. So I just thought that was a very key point to that. And then another guy that I think uh, we both can talk about as well is, is Romeo Langford. Uh, I, I know we talked a little yeah, about we'll him earlier, get to but, but he's yeah, been, he's we'll get been to him in a second. Yeah. I just want to say I can 100% vouch for Patrick. He was in on the Neesmith train when it was at its when it was chugging at its slowest point. I was definitely I mean I can't even lie like this is going to sound foolish to me because it was a rookie no offseason. I had pretty much hopped off the Neesmith train because I saw mostly because I saw what Desmond Bain was doing, who we could have had instead of Aaron Neesmith. So that killed me seeing that, and I think that kind of you know, lent to my, you know, opinion of Neesmith, you know, being a little bit unfair because I saw what Bain was doing and I kind of projected that onto Neesmith. Why aren't you doing that? Um, when in reality, I should have taken the approach Patrick did, you know, being patient with him, understanding his situation, no off season. Um, it's just hard being a rookie in general, uh, even with an off season. Um, so honestly, man, I love this story, especially hearing the quote you just read me, Patrick, uh, read us, I should say. Of about you know whether or not he's playing it doesn't doesn't affect his his routine. He's doing the same thing every single day before games. That's what great players do, honestly. And I'm not saying he's going to be a great player, but I mean to model the habits of a great player. That's a, a really great sign, and I really want to see him thrive for our team now. I I'm, I apologize, Aaron Neesmith. I ever had my doubts about you. Um, and you know I'm pulling I'm pulling for Neesmith now more than I ever have because I think he's what this team needs. I think he's what this team has. And, you know, I think he's able to contribute. So we might as well. Oh, I put, I tied a bungee cord to you, Lucas, so by the way, you know, when, when you were trying to hop off the train. So you never fully went off. So you're good. You got See, that. look at that. You That's that a great hope. 
great co-host, dude. You saved me from jumping off the train. I should have jumped off. So I, I talked you back onto the train, and then you no. you hopped on that train. That train got better, and you're like, you know what? This ride's not that bad. He did though. I can't. Oh, I can't emphasize. I was I was calling Neesmith. I can't even lie. I said he was like running around with the chicken with his head cut off, and you know Patrick kind of talked me back down. You know, into giving him time. He's shown flashes, and you know I have to admit. You know, he showed flashes, and then, you know, the more Patrick convinced me. So, shout out to you for that one, Patrick. But uh, also, shout out Aaron Neesmith for just, you know, proving. Amen. Just, yeah, at the end of the day, I was going to say the credit goes down to Aaron Neesmith because we can have as much faith or no, no faith in a player. But at the end of the day, it's what's important to them is they have to have faith in themselves and, and execute when they get the opportunity. And, and that's why I think Neesmith deserves all the flowers that he gets tonight because he's put his head down. He's been working hard, and he waited for the uh, opportunity. I haven't heard any noise from him being frustrated with playing time or anything about him like saying it's unfair or whatever. He he was ready when his name got called. His number got called tonight, and he showed up. And you just got to appreciate the professionalism that he displayed. And I'm, I'm just applauding Aaron e. Smith, man. So Aaron Three Smith, baby. Happy you're here. Yeah, we can – I mean, I know we can move on to Romeo. I mean – you know, Romeo played really well tonight, man. I, I don't love single game plus minus, but he was plus 25 for the Celtics tonight, shooting four of eight from the field, two of five from three, uh, 12 points, a couple of rebounds. And, you know, he's always going to play that good on-ball defense, man. He's always going to bring that, if nothing else. So, you know, it's just good to see Romeo, you know, contributing in a meaningful NBA game against, you know, a, a, a quite a good team. Yeah, I, I thought he did really good. He he got a lot of run, 27 minutes from Romeo Langford, a lot of trust there from Ime, thinking, you know, I think it's because of his defense ability, and, and that's what I really want to hone on here is uh, his ability to just bug defenders. He had uh, a play in the Orlando game that I really stuck out to me. He ended up getting called for a foul, but I think it was Wendell Carter Jr. or the other big on – on uh, Orlando, but they posted him up on close to baseline and he pushed them into the front of the rim, but out of the paint almost. And then when he went up for a shot, it was more like an eight foot shot instead of a four or three foot shot by the basket. And he just closed out a little too aggressively, which turned into a foul. But I was just like, man, Romeo doesn't even let bigs kind of bully him around. Like he, he dictates, what the offensive player is capable of doing because he's so good at controlling their body. What they don't really have an idea of where they, where they want to go. Romeo's going to take you where he wants you to go. It's, it doesn't matter where you're trying to go. So I think Romeo with his length and his strength, his ability to defend is just insane and an unbelievable amount of potential. I know his offensive game is coming around and that's something that we've all been waiting on as something in general. I'm not going to lie in this off season, we had a couple episodes, and Lucas, you were you were more like, you know, he still has like, this is his makeup year, and I was kind of wanting to write him off. I was on the edge. So as much as I may have saved you from Aaron Neesmith, I feel like you you pulled me a little closer with the Romeo, even though you were like, this is his last year of proving it, and I was just kind of like, mm, I, I don't know. I don't think he's going to be that guy. So um, I have to give you some credit there. I think Romeo has been a lot better this year, and he's healthy and contributing in a big way. Yeah, um, when it comes to Romeo, man, I mean, he's always had that good on-ball defense, you know, pretty much from the jump. 
that was definitely his best NBA skill uh, right out the gate. And like you said, you know, we're waiting on his offensive game to develop. And like when we were taking the summer league and earlier this year, when we were potting, um, you know, the one thing that stuck out to me was his jump shot just looked more fluid. And, you know, you always like to see that. You don't like to see a hitch in a jump shot. Uh, so that was a positive sign. You know, uh, I'm not saying he looked like Ray Allen or anything like that, but he definitely had a more fluid jump shot. And I think that's bearing out. You know, I honestly don't know what he's shooting on the season, but he was two of five from three tonight, which is 40%. We like that. And, uh, you know, as long as Neesmith and Langford can hold their own on defense, which I think they can, I also think their their impact on the offensive end can be great too because if you look at the shot attempts tonight for the Celtics, Tatum 13, Brown 14, Smart 6, Romeo 8, Dennis 12, Neesmith 8, uh, Al 9. Like uh, ideally I'd like Robert Williams to take more than three shots, but you can see what I'm getting at. It was a little spread around. And if uh, Neesmith and Langford could just take the pressure off of Brown and Tatum and even Al and Marcus from having to shoot and score so much uh, just by making open threes. I think that's a really re- and cutting as far as Romeo is concerned. I think Romeo can add a lot of value as a cutter. Um, but I just think that that's really helpful for the Celtics as a team to take that pressure. Romeo is also seven of 14 from downtown this year. He's shooting 50% from, Love from that. three. Yep, he's averaging two threes attempts a game, and he's hitting at least one of them a game. So just amazing work by Romeo, a uh, big contributor now on offense, just, you know, playing playing his role. You know, he's playing within the system. He's trusting it, his teammates to put him in a position to succeed. When you're around Jason Tatum and, J- and Jalen Brown, you're going to get those corner threes, and they're going to be pretty pretty good looks. And uh, he's been able to, to be solid and knock him down and play well whenever he's been given the opportunity. So, yeah, Romeo Langford was huge there. Um, I don't have any other notes on Romeo. Do you have any other notes you want to put on Romeo Langford? Uh, nope, not really. Um, another guy I wanted to, to, to make sure we covered too was uh, Al Horford. And I think you, you especially would like to talk about some Al Horford. So I'll let you uh, take off with this one. So listen, um, you know, I can't say I was expecting a ton from Al, you know, when we officially made this move, um, Kemba for Al, but honestly, he's shown to me that he has a lot more left in the tank. And honestly, you know, I think that was kind of obvious knowing he didn't play in OKC a lot. You know, they made the mutual agreement to shut it down. So I just want to say Al has been terrific all year. Uh, NBA league leader in blocks, 3.2 per game. He had another two blocks tonight. Um, so I just want to shout out Al for the whole year. But tonight specifically, Patrick, I know you haven't seen Al move like that on that dunk uh, in at least at least since his last tenure with the Celtics, man. He really showed us some youth with that one. He's lying to us. Um, I want to see his ID. I want to see his birth certificate. He's not 35 years old. If you told me he's 35 years old after I watched that play, I'm, I'm telling you you're lying to me. So I don't know. That was that was crazy. The fact that he he took it from them near the logo, he had Bam right next to him, and he just says, you know what, I'm going to take this and just drive it right down the middle, straight to the paint, one-handed flush and one. Just beautiful, beautiful energy play by Al Horford. Really been like, there hello yeah i'm here sorry you cut out you cut out you cut out for a sec sorry i couldn't hear you no no you're good no i was just saying that he's he's just been the driving force of this of this team and i feel like he's he's been the engine that's 
the motor of this this whole team. Like he may not be the best scorer, the best anything really at the end of the day, but like he he does all the little things perfectly. He's leading the league in blocks per game with three a, a game. You got Rob Williams, who's third on the list uh, in the league. But, but man, Al Horford is just – he's been playing the best he's ever played in his whole career. I think him taking that year off in Oklahoma was, like, ideal. This has been the perfect storm for him, and he really looks like he enjoys being back in Boston. Yeah, it's no doubt that was ideal for him. I mean, he was playing so well that OKC had to shut him down. They were going to win too many games. And obviously that's mutually beneficial for both parties because I'm sure Al loved that extra six months, five, six months off that he got, uh, you know, as a sort of an aging vet. But you're right, Patrick. He doesn't look 35 at all. Um, he looks pretty spry. You know, I think maybe, yeah, he's lost somewhat of a step, but that's just what happens as you get older. I don't think it's a really significant step. Um, between him and Rob, the rim protection has been great. So, you know, that's something I was a little concerned about maybe to start the year, but Rob and Al are really showing they can handle the handle that uh, those duties, you know, protecting the rim really well, considering, like you said, they're first and third in the league in blocks. And I know rim protection has more to do with, uh, you know, just, you know, block shots per game. But I think it's pretty evident to everybody that those two guys, you know, they change shots at the rim as well as opposed to. Yeah, absolutely. And, and overall, man, Al Horford, just, you know, I'm hoping, I'm hoping this lasts this season, you know, I understand you know, his age and everything and how crazy it's been, but it's, I'm, just, I'm really excited for Al Horford. I'm glad he's here, but also I, I just saw a tweet from Ime saying he, he credits some of the young guys and shout out Aaron Smith. So Ime, you're in my good graces now. So Aaron Three Smith is is in his out of the doghouse and he he's happy. Um, but yeah, Al Horford, great, great this year, playing the best he's ever played. He's honestly playing like an all star. Um, I, I don't know how you, you tell me that he's not. He's averaging a double double um, and three blocks a game. That's and like four assists. That's that's a uh, quite the stat line for a 35 year old but uh he, he's been a great c- contributor this year yeah i mean man kemba walker is one of my all-time favorite basketball players uh you know being a, a south uh yukon fan watching him lead that team to the tournament kemba will forever have a special place in my heart as a basketball player however i could not be happier that we we traded him for al horford because listen what kemba is great at is not what we need what Al is great at is exactly what we need. You know, a leader, uh, a facilitator, a rim protector, um, a, a stretch big. You know, he's all those things we need. And Kemba's a score-first point guard who's a defensive liability. I mean, I love Kemba, the effort he shows on defense, but his height just a lot of the time, you know, he's able to get picked on, especially in the playoffs against the Miami Heat. Uh, you know, I watched Jimmy Butler uh, score on Kemba a few too many times to my liking. It's kind of burnt into my brain, honestly. Um, so no shade to Kemba, but I think that was just a necessary move for the Celtics, you know, progressing and getting to the level they wanted to be because uh, it's very clear that Al, like you're saying, is still a good player. Now, I don't know if they'll give him uh, – if he's going to get the all-star respect like you're saying, but, I mean, he's playing damn good right now. Um, and I think it's really important that the Celtics end up winning these games where Al Horford plays very well in the beginning of the year because, like you're saying, you know, how long is this going to hold up? You know, I'm sure if Al starts to get sore or anything like that or, like, just feel the wear and tear, 
They'll probably bump down his minutes a little bit, bring a little more Wancho. So we got to win these games where Horford's playing 30-plus minutes. We, we have to, in my opinion. We can't throw these. Right, and, and you hit it right there in 30 minutes, but he, he really has been playing more in the low 30s. He hasn't really playing that much. Um, I think Ime has been spacing out his minutes really well, and hopefully that's going to be a good driving point for him to be able to sustain some of this a little longer and stay fresh with throughout the year. But um, also encouraging just to see him play back to back, you know, seeing Al Horford play back to back. So that's something he he didn't do even when he was playing games for the Thunder last year. But now he's he's looking good, man. That whole year off, he he really rejuvenated his body, took some rest on it, and he looks great. Good for Al Horford. Glad he's back in Boston. Hundred percent. Um, yeah. I, well, I was Go just going to say, yeah, there was that that play, obviously the big dunk, and then there was also a play where. Uh, in the first half where Hero, I believe, was being guarded. Tyler Hero was being guarded by, um, I want to say it was Romeo. And, you know, he kind of backed him down and went for a fadeaway. And from the time where um, Hero kind of turned around to get to his fade, Al Horford had closed the distance between him and Hero to block the shot. I mean, that's not a play you see a lot of 35-year-old centers making. So I was just really impressed with that. You know, I don't know. I just honestly, I got to say, Al's giving me way more than I expected, to be completely honest, in this year. And that's, I mean, as a fan, as someone who covers the team, that is something I absolutely love to see. I'll always love to be proven wrong if it's for the benefit of, you know, players or teams. So, uh, Al, you know, I'm glad you have way more left in the tank than I thought. And like you said, we just got to hope he stays healthy. I wouldn't hate resting him on the second nights of back to backs either against, you know, maybe some easier competition, but, uh, you know, as long as he stays healthy, man, I think the Celtics have a really good thing going in their front court. Yeah, absolutely. And a, and a big thing, too, I wanted to point out the Celtics, they held Orlando and Miami to under 80 points in both these matchups. As back-to-back games holding teams under 80 points, man, this isn't the 2000s anymore. Like, the pace of play in the NBA and, and everything, uh, the scoring of offenses, it's impressive. And not to mention that, the Miami Heat going into this game was the second best offensive rated team in the league. They're six and one. This is not a, a Miami Heat team that was, you know, bad. Like this team was really good. I know Kyle Lowry got hurt, but the game was pretty much already in hand at that point. We were already up 18 points when Kyle Lowry went down. And then, you know, you had Jalen Brown exit early in that fourth quarter as well. So um, just good job overall from the Celtics bouncing back from a really rocky start you know frustrations boiled over and and people forget you know we played in three overtime games you know there those other two games that that next game and then the wizards game this team could have easily have a way better record than they have right now um as they're still trying to figure things out and things are starting to click better on the defensive side i think things are going to start clicking better on the offensive side and and like i said 15 to 20 game sample uh who knew from game one to game eight this team has looked different they are they are progressively getting better. I'm not saying that we're perfect or don't have things to work on. We're far from it. I think we have a lot to to fix still, but we've made progression, and that is something that me and Lucas have both preached: is don't get too high, don't get too low, and continue pushing forward as as the Celtics team learns to gel together and really get better. Hundred percent. Got to emphasize after this game to fans: do not get too high after this win. I know this is a great win. Listen. 
obviously you're going to feel better after this game than you did the Bulls game. I'm not asking you to still be like sad about the Celtics. I'm just saying understand that just like that version of the, against the Raptors and the Bulls, this, you know, we can't just take them at their good. You know what I mean? We've got to understand, okay, this was a good stepping stone performance. Keep it moving. Uh, Saturday, we'll try to get another win against the Mavericks, who I personally, I'm confident that we get that win, Patrick. I don't know about you, but I do think we go into Dallas. It's in Dallas, right? Yeah, I'm not tripping, right? Yeah, we're going to Dallas. Yeah, yeah, we're going a, into Dallas. Road trip. And I believe we're going to come out with that win. Um, and believe it or not, Patrick, you know, I think this is a game where we actually have the uh, have the coaching advantage in this one, actually. Yeah, I, I don't think that's shocking to say. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I was just going to say, though, Patrick, um, I know we talked mostly about the uh, Miami game. If you had anything else on the Magic game, I mean, the Magic game it was a pretty ugly game, I'll admit, on, on, on both fronts as far as offense is concerned. Um, that was one of Tatum's worst games I've maybe ever seen him play as a pro. I don't know if you agree, disagree with that, but. He was off. No, it was, it he was, was terrible. Off. It, it, was a, it, was a, it was a game that I want to sweep under the rug. 100%. But listen, Rob will. You know, Rob had you know a good game. Al had another good game. Jalen, 10 of 17, 28 points, five rebounds, three assists. Another terrific game from Jalen. Um, you know, Dennis came up big. But it was a pretty ugly game all around. I just didn't want you to – I didn't want to skip over anything you had to say as all. No, no, no. I mean, maybe, maybe we that did bring up something that we we probably should mention is is Jaden Brown has been really good. Jaden so Brown good. has been the Celtics' best player to this point, and um, kudos to him, man. He's he took that comment from Ime, and ever since he's he has been great, you know. And and that's something that I think I think Jalen Brown responds that way best out of anybody else on the team, right? Like, if there's outside noise and stuff like that, I think Jalen Brown is the guy that I feel on this team who really can cancel out the noise and channel it and use it as fuel, and he just kind of goes out there and and performs. It's Now we just need to find – we need to get Jason Tatum rolling because – and this might be a good stretch for him. If, if Jalen Brown is unable to go against the Mavericks, this is going to be a Jason Tatum type, you know, hey, if – if we're going to need you offensively. Like yeah, at this point, like this is going to be a game we, we can't really afford for you. Even if you're not having it going and taking less shots, we're going to need you to kind of roll. We're going to need something out of you. So it, the all eyes are going to be on Jason Tatum uh, going against Luka Doncic on Saturday. Yeah. I will just also just say Jalen is, uh, is the type of player in person that makes me proud to be a fan of the Celtics uh, and him just in general, man. Uh, the, this, the growth he's made as a player every single year, you know, is just honestly unbelievable. Like I know, I remember when uh, certain—I'm not going to name any names—but certain people on NBA Twitter, prominent names, were laughing about Jalen getting drafted. Um, you know, that night at number three, and then people were making comments about him getting overpaid. Uh, now, if anyone says he's getting overpaid, they just simply don't understand uh, the salary structure of the NBA. His deal is honestly a steal, if you ask me. Getting a player at his level, anything below the max. I mean, come on, that's amazing. He's a 26 per game point per game score, who can rebound the ball, who can make the right passes. Um, you know, he has an amazing dribble bag for a guy his size. People used to clown Jalen for dribbling with his head down, and you know, rightfully so, maybe at one point. But this man's bag is deep now. Um, so I just wanted to show Jalen some love there, and then uh, you know, also uh, I just want to touch real quick, Patrick, on. Uh, 
you know, I think this is kind of getting lost in the shuffle with Neesmith playing 19 minutes. Uh, Peyton Pritchard, two and a half minutes. And we still, we think it's the defense still. It is the defense. And and I think the reason is I, I watched the Orlando game and I think it was the first possession he came in. He, he, he got dropped and blown by like he literally his feet like he could not stay on his feet for a second he used his hand to like keep himself up and he got it was a jab it was a jab it was not even a, a dribble there was no dribble even involved it was a jab step and he shook and he got drove by and i was just like that's bad now listen that was bad i like rj hampton man but uh if uh if rj's jab step has you hitting the whip and the nene that's absolutely not a good sign um, for your for, for your defensive <laughs> ability, um, but you know, listen, listen, listen. Anyone who's played basketball, you know, it's humbling to get crossed. But when you get crossed without a dribble, that's a different type of pain. Um, so I know they were roasting him on film for that one, but you know, I think Pritchard is gonna have to prove himself a little more defensively, man. Um, and, and we're seeing Patrick, you know, the identity of Ime as a coach come out in the last couple of games with this defense. Um, you know, we talked preseason in the summertime. When Ime got brought in, he's a defensive guy. That's his thing. He's the defensive guru. Uh, that's why he was there. And listen, it's going to be one of those situations, a la Tibbs. If you can't play defense, you're not going to see the floor. That's kind of what it feels like. Um, I think that's a big reason why Ennis Cantor hasn't played a single minute, at least what it feels like a single minute. Um, and then, you know, same thing with Jabari. I mean, I know Jabari's had a couple stints here and there, but I just don't think if you can't, consistently defend if you can be constantly taken advantage of on the defensive end i don't think you're going to be a guy who uh who who ebay is going to love throwing yeah and and that's that's the issue you know like with ennis Cantor and, and peyton pritchard and jabari parker is you know defensively the liability that they bring and and that's i think and i hate to, to bring up you know, how much I, I was mad about the Aaron Nisma thing again. But, like, there was times earlier in the season where it was, like, Jabari Parker was getting, like, these eight-minute stints. And I'm like, what does Jabari Parker give that Aaron Nismith can't, you know? And and that's where I was, like, play Aaron Nismith. That's, that's where the fuel really picked up for me. I was like, man, these are minutes that this can go. So uh, I'm seeing now, though, I mean, Jay Rich is out. Uh I don't know for how long, and then Jalen Brown could be out for a game or two, maybe more, depending on how that hamstring is. I hope they play it safe with him. I don't mind him sitting more games if it means for him to be healthy. He's a big contributor. I don't need a lingering hamstring. Um, I think we both can agree that we'd rather him take five games off now than try to push through a hamstring that lingers throughout the season. It potentially becomes worse. We all saw what happened with the Harden situation last year. I'm not saying it's the same significance as that Harden injury, but hamstrings are tricky. You know, some you, you just need to be really cautious with them because they're really easy to one re-injured once they've been injured, and two to severely injure them worse, and and it just causes more and long, long down the line more issues. So just rather that not become an issue for them. And especially with his uh, patellar tendinopathy. You know, already leg feeling sore, man. We don't need him feeling uh, sore on his hamstring now uh, on top of his knee. So if Jalen needs a week, 10 days, two weeks, man, whatever he needs, you know, give it to him now, like you're saying. Um, and, you know, we just need to get him back healthy so he can, uh, you know, be out there performing at the same level he's been performing. I mean, he really, uh, 
he's really been our best player, like you're saying. Like, you know, I'm in the camp where I believe, you know, Jason Tatum is probably a better player. I don't even really like to compare the two, okay? Because why need to compare them when you can, you know, just have them both? But, uh, you know, Jalen's been our best player this year. It's either, I would say it's either been him or Horford so far this year, if I really had to say. Um, and as far as, you know, scoring, you know, shot creation, Jalen has been far and away our best player this year. Um, so, you know, I just got to get him, got to get him right. Maybe some more moments for Neesmith uh, with Jalen maybe getting some rest. But Patrick, I do think I'm going to get up on, I'm going to get up on the vent box, Patrick. I think I'm going to do it. All right. Well, before we get into the vent box, make sure that you guys do head over to manscaped.com and go get your latest gear. So if you do know that it's winter time, so I know you'd be growing out that beard or you're just growing out hair or anything like that, or you need a trim down downstairs, you know, make sure that you go ahead and head over there and get what you need. Keep your beard looking fresh in the winter time. Keep your face warm, but make it look good, you know, keep it nice and, and well trimmed up and just make sure that, you know, Use HoopBall20 to get 20% off. And, yeah, head over to manscaped.com. Yes, go over there. Use our uh, HoopBall20 code. You know, you always get to save some money, uh, especially with the holiday season coming up. So uh, you can always keep that in mind um, as a gift. But uh, so, Patrick, I'm up here on the vent box, all right? Yeah, you, 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 can, take it, you can take it away, man. This is your, your vent box. This is not going to be anything crazy. And, listen, it's actually going to sound a lot like last episode, okay? Can we and listen? I feel like an old head saying this. I really do. Can we please put a body on a man when the shot goes up? Okay, I need the Celtics to box out a little bit better. You know, we did out rebound the Magic. We did out out rebound the Heat. Um, but the Heat did have, I believe, thirteen offensive rebounds tonight. Yes, it was thirteen offensive rebounds. Uh, you know, one possession where there was multiple rebounds and then a kick out for a Kyle Lowry three. Um, you know, that's something that I still really want the Celtics to shore up. Um, it feels like, you know, boxing out is kind of, I'm not going to say a lost art, um, but it just doesn't appear that people emphasize it enough. And listen, I don't want to sound like I'm saying, don't want to sound like uh, Bobby Knight or, you know, someone like, like of that ilk, but I'm saying we need to put a body on a man when the shot goes up and close defensive possessions. Because listen, the Celtics held a team to 78 points while giving up uh, 13 offensive rebounds and multiple second chance points. I mean, think about how good our team defensively could be if we're able to close possessions consistently, which is something we haven't been able to do. So that's what I'm up there for. And then I'm also up here to say, I'm sorry, Jay Rich. And I'm sorry, Romeo, but your minutes are going to need to get cut for Aaron Neesmith to get some run. Okay, Patrick, that's all, that's all I got from the vent box. You know, the vent box also, I just want to say to everyone, it's not inherently negative. This can be some positive venting. I know venting, you know, usually is not about good things, but you know, it's my it's my name, it's my my, my box. And dang, if you want to vent about some good things, uh, you're able to get up there. So, Patrick, you got anything? You got anything you want to get off your chest? Um, uh, you know, uh, I just want to say, Aaron Three Smith, baby, Aaron Three Smith. You know, I told you, Eme, you know, take that. That's in your face, Eme. I told you, you should have been playing Aaron Three Smith. Oh, it's Aaron Three Smith season. I'm I'm all for also. I'm gonna say this right now. I think Aaron Neese Three Smith is gonna be part of the starting lineup by season's end. Mic drop. Oh, you know, Mike Patrick, drop, baby. No, we discussed this preseason, and I still don't hate that. I don't hate that at all. I really don't. I mean, he's a shooter. He can I play don't some hate defense. Listen, listen, Patrick. I hope that comes true. <laughs> like I said, I want to see Neesmith succeed. 
you know, more than ever right now, honestly, especially after tonight. Honestly, I'm a little jazzed up after tonight's win, man. I, I'm really feeling better about the team, but I, I'm trying not to get too high. Definitely not going to get too low. I can promise you that after this game. Uh, no, absolutely. And I, I think before we wrap it up here, we have had, because we are recording on Spotify Green Room live after the game, we've had some people who have stayed and, and possibly want to ask some questions and stuff like that. So since they have, you know, hanged on for quite some while, um, I do want to open up the floor briefly and, and let people possibly come up and ask some questions. If you're cool with that, Lucas. Oh, of course. You know me. I always love hearing from anybody who decided to stick around and listen to the whole show. You know, we appreciate you guys. Ben, our guy. What's up, Ben? What's up? Hey, look at him in my picture, man. Look how happy he is. Yes, sir. That, that's, that's, that's me tonight. That's me tonight. <laughs> All right. Just hey, don't want to cut you off, y'all. Ben, but just for everyone who's All listening, right. in Ben's profile picture on Spotify Green Room, it is Ben himself at a bar chilling with our guy, Aaron Neesmith. So that's what he's <laughs> At a, at, a, at a break. So, so Ben, are you are you you gonna stamp the Aaron Three Smith nickname? Are you gonna are you gonna stamp that or or do you? Hate oh yeah, it? Aaron Three Smith. I've been saying I've been saying Three Smith for like since last season. Yeah, Three Smiths. I love that. I've been saying that since last season. Oh yeah. Yes, sir. Oh, yes, yeah. sir. That's what I. Yeah, I mean, dude, he's he's awesome. And it's so funny because I was watching the game and they put him in. He has like, and then all of a sudden I I looked down. I saw him at a three and like a two, and then it's like, oh, he's got eight points in seven minutes. I'm like, oh, go figure. Or maybe at eleven in eight minutes. I don't know. He was going off, but uh, yeah. Um, great game, awesome, crazy good defense. That's a crazy stat too. The seventy-eight points with thirteen. You said offensive rebounds still allowed. Yeah. So that's that is actually that's mind-boggling that the defense could have been even better if we didn't give up. I know they didn't score a crazy amount off the offensive rebounds, but like I saw him get some, you know, get some uh, buckets they shouldn't have, and we still allowed seventy-eight. I guess my question is the point guard situation. That's the one I ask every week. So, like, I didn't get to get a chance to look at the stats. Um, I didn't hear you guys talk about Smart and Shooter probably earlier in the show. You, you might have. But um, can you remind me really quick how what their stats were like tonight? Like, um, just like, I don't, so, I don't know how they did. So, Schroeder, Schroeder was 14 points, six assists, and five rebounds. And Smart was uh, he had nine points, two assists, and four rebounds. Okay, so that answers my. Okay, so that just continues to prove what I'm going to ask you. And it is: should we not start Schroeder? Like, should we not at this point? I don't know. I feel like we should. I mean, I mean, this is this is my counter to that right now, right? So Marcus Smart played. Marcus Smart played thirty minutes, right? Mm -hmm. Dennis Schroeder played thirty minutes, right? Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so I mean, I, I get, I get the whole fatuation with like who's starting, who's doing this, but like at the same time, it's, I don't really mind Marcus Smart starting. I do think that Dennis Schroeder deserves to be on the floor quite a bit. And right now that split minute wise has been enough for me to like not argue to be like starting because at the end of the yeah. day, like I'm always like, it doesn't matter who starts the game. It matters who finishes it. They're going to both be on the floor mm -hmm. low key at the end. That's yeah. actually, the, that's actually the, the, the truth of it. Cause I don't think, I think it's more likely you have smart and shrewd on the floor at the end than Rob and Horford at the end, yeah. even though they're, they've been awesome together. I think it's actually a really good point. So I don't hate that actually. Yeah. That's what I was going to bring yeah. up as well is like, you're either going to have, you know, that backcourt or that front court. You know, I was about, it's pretty much what I was about to say what you just said, man. Like some games, you know, depending on the matchup, you're going to close yeah. big. And some games, uh, you're going to close a little bit smaller with Schroeder Smart. Um, now, listen, I don't hate Schro Schroeder starting, but uh, another thing I would have to say is 
I love Schroeder's ability to torch another team's bench unit. And I think he's able to do that just a little bit more coming off the bench. Um, But honestly, Ben, at this point, if we started Schroeder and brought Smart off the bench or started Smart and brought Schroeder off the bench, you know, their minutes overlap. Like Patrick's saying, they both play 30 minutes. So I don't know how much of a difference it's going to make. But I do think that just uh, your point is, you know, it just shows how well Dennis has been playing, man. He's played, he played really well as a point guard tonight. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Tatum. Tatum really surprised me. Not surprised me. He, he did what I've wanted him to do for a few games now. He bought in to spreading the ball a little more because he, he only took, I think, 10 shots to the first three quarters, maybe less. And that stuck out to me because a lot of times when he's not playing well, he keeps shooting. And he keeps trying to get his game going rather than just realizing, all right, I'm not having my night. Let's, let's, let's move the ball. Let's get other people the, people the shots. But I felt like he was a lot more willing to just kind of flow in the offense and try to get going at times, but not force it. And I mean, yeah, he didn't play well again, but I have a feeling, especially if Brown misses time, I'm sure he'll probably miss a game or two. I have a feeling the Mavs game, I'm, I'll knock on wood, but like, I think Tatum might have a very good game against the Mavs. I think this this could be where he sort of finds it a little bit. Um, I, I, think, I think me and Lucas hit on that too. We we did hit on yeah. that about how well he was yeah. despite not shooting well and as well that we think that this Mavericks yeah. game could be the game where he just because we need him to turn it up. I just want to say so earlier, Patrick, you kind of mentioned that Jalen responds well to criticism. That's when he tends to step up. Okay, Jason steps up when the lights are on. Okay, against a player like, for example, how well does he play every time we play the Clippers and Paul George and Kawhi? He plays well every time. National TV, TNT, Tatum loves to show out. Okay, in the playoffs, so I know Tatum knows how people feel about Luca, and especially if Jalen's out. I mean, Ben, I'll almost guarantee uh, uh, at least I'll almost guarantee he has a good game, even as Batty's playing. Um, I pretty much think that without Jalen, you know, Jason is who are they going to put on? Up. That's who just how, like, who are they even put on him? Like Dorian <laughs> Finney Smith? Like who's their guy they're going to put on? <laughs> right, right. They don't have the yeah. personnel to guard him. You're right. They don't have like really a. Th- you don't even have like a true real three and D guy, anyways. I don't think. Um, so I don't really know who they're going to even guard him with. I feel like that's a, a game where, and I don't want to get too high. It's like you guys are saying, you never want to get too high with this team. But there are little really encouraging things you're seeing tonight. And I think the thing about Tatum, the best way to put it is, like, it sounds weird. I guess this is kind of just, like, uh, an intangible thing about certain players. But, like, you know, like, the best players can have nights where you'll see their teams, like, win. Like, the good teams will win. And you'll see, like, Kawhi, for example, he'll only have, like, 13 points that night and they still win. Mm -hmm. But he has, like whatever, six assists, seven rebounds. Like, that's the kind of thing. Like, that's, that was a perfect example. Or that was a perfect statement you guys said about Tatum still played well tonight because even though he didn't shoot the ball well, this is the kind of game where his presence was still meaningful for the team despite him not shooting well. And that's what I've always wanted. Like, I need him to not be I – mean, I can't have it where Tatum's impactful only depending on his scoring. That can't be the thing. He's got to be able to do other things. And his defense was better. His de- he's not complaining as much the last few games about calls. He's, 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 I think he's, I think he's taking note. I think these team, this little team breaking bread thing that I was talking about and, and, and Udoka kind of asserting the, uh, the accountability. I think that's helping and maybe, maybe infusing a little bit into Tatum. I don't want to speak too soon, but I really hope that is what's happening here. 
because he seems a little bit more aware of, of what he needs to do for the team. Yeah, I, I agree. I think Tatum is is definitely responding better now. I, I do think that he needs to get better offensively. I, I still want him not to be like – down on himself when he has bad nights. I want him to, to kind of – I need him to be in the next play mode is what I, I need from Tatum. I think that's my next thing I'm looking for him. It's like, all right, cool, you can make the pass. You can no longer shoot your team out of a game. But I want you to get into the next play mode. I don't care if you miss a shot. I want you to hustle back on the other end. I don't want to see his head down anymore or him shrug, you know, or argue with the refs. I just want to see him play basketball. I want to, I think that's the next step for him. And I think it's not going to happen overnight. I think it's going to happen over time. And if he gets to that level, then Tatum's going to be a dangerous man because on off nights, he's going to realize I don't have to shoot like that, but I'm also going to keep my body language good and I'm going to keep going. And when I do see a shot go down and we saw it tonight when, um, Later on in the game, he had one shot go down, and then he hit hit a couple, and and that's what we wanted to see. You know, he got to the free throw line eventually, and he, he ended up seeing some go down, and that's encouraging because I'm hoping he can build on that. Yep, totally. Appreciate you guys. Yeah, yeah, appreciate you as always, man. Seriously, man, you've been rocking the yeah. Neesmith profile picture, dog. You're you and Patrick are the number wow, one man, I and number two. The drivers of the Neesmith fan club bus. So you guys, you <laughs> yes, guys deserve sir. some credit I, I, for sure. Greatest, hey, greatest guy too. You guys said it earlier, like how he hasn't complained about his role. Like that's how he, he seemed when I was talking to him. He's the most genuine dude. Very cool guy. Um, yeah, I, I love that guy, dude. I hope he uh, keeps getting better. He's only 20, so he's got a lot only of – Only 20, uh, that's insane. Tangible. Oh, yep. my God. <laughs> Makes me feel old as hell. I mean, God. <laughs> yes, sir. All right, guys. I appreciate you, man. All right, Patrick. You got anything? You got anything else, Patrick? Because I only have. If you don't have anything else, I have one more thing. Yeah, let's let it rip. Let it rip. Send us out here after you. You give your point out. Okay. Well, this is not about the Celtics. So, if you got anything about the Celtics, I want you to get it off. (laughs) Go. Okay. No, you're good. Okay. I just want you to know that uh, Elijah Moore, who you traded me this week in Dynasty. Currently know, playing I against know. you and has 24 fantasy points. Just want you to know, okay? I know. I, I'm very, I'm very aware. Okay, I just wanted to make sure you knew. I wasn't sure if you missed it. <laughs> no, I, I knew. Okay, I knew. but seriously, um, you know, good two games. Hopefully, we can get that third win in a row in Dallas on Saturday. Um, you know, Patrick and I will definitely either be covering that Saturday or Monday, most likely. Um, but we'll be back. You know, before you even know it. Uh, hopefully we can come out with another win. Keep feeling good about this team. Yes, sir. Hopefully we can close out this road trip uh, with a 3-0 road trip. Um, but even if we end up 2-1, I just want to see some good basketball. I want to see some of the things we saw against Miami, against the Mavericks, and and just build from there. Let's let's build a, into a team that looks like that they can compete and, and make a strong playoff push. That's what we're looking for this year. So, um, as always, Lucas, it's a, it's always fun to, to break down the Celtics, and uh, I'll, I'll catch you on Saturday. Sure. Always fun, especially after a win, man. All right. See you Saturday. Later.